Hi, and welcome to the Five Minute Check-In. Well, today we're going to revisit vaccinations with a particular focus on RSV, because there's been a lot of news and updates, particularly in that space. And I have two special guests who are going to help me in this conversation. Back with us is Dr. Renuga Vivekanandan, who is a professor and chief of ID at Creighton University. And a very special guest, back again, it's been almost a year now, Dr. Peter Hotez, who's a professor of pediatrics and molecular virology. He's also the dean of the School of Tropical Medicine at the Baylor College of Medicine. Both Creighton and Baylor are very close affiliates of ours. So thank you both for joining me today. Thanks for having me. Great. So Peter, why don't we start with you? Maybe how about a quick overview of you know the, the all the opportunities for, which people should be availing themselves and our physicians should be promoting this fall. There's a whole there's a whole truckload of those, and many of us on this call have gotten multiple vaccinations already ourselves. So uh, so how do we start this? Well, you know the way the way I think about it is when we think about the vaccine ecosystem, we always think of that as the exclusive purview of the pediatricians. Pediatricians have been giving vaccines for, for decades, and that's it's deeply embedded in pediatric training. But what we're seeing now is a whole new fleet of adult immunizations, adult vaccines. And so pretty soon, this is going to be the purview of the internists, the family practitioners, the OBGYNs. And it's very exciting, but it can be a bit daunting to, you know, to try to understand how to manage all of the vaccines coming online. So what we've got uh, coming from this fall is a new uh, vaccine for respiratory syncytial virus, RSV, and we'll talk about that both for uh, adults and pregnant women. Uh, of course, our annual flu vaccine, the new COVID immunization um, which we're not calling a booster now, we're calling it a, a, an annual immunization. And then there's still Prevnar and Shingrix and Tdap. So, so it's hard to <laughs> yeah, it's so hard we, to we have a lot there. Hard yeah. to knock off all that in, in a in a in a brief yeah. uh, in a brief discussion. But but at least let's get let's get the discussion be going with RSV. Yeah. So why don't we start with RSV? And you know, Renuga and I were talking about this. So there's a little confusion out there because these are three relatively new vaccines uh, and you know we hear FDA approved did the CDC approve is it available in the office um, and where where should we start you want to start with uh, adults yeah. what what are you hearing out there and tell us about the the adult vaccine and then maybe Peter and I can jump in and Talk about There's it a little bit. A really good adult vaccines out for RSV now. Um, it's approved by CDC for over the age of 60, um, especially um, for patients with um, comorbidities. So, you know, as you know, in the winter, fall times, a lot of adults get severe RSV lung infection, and we have over six to 10,000 people actually pass away. So this vaccine is actually very important. But what CDC emphasizes is a shared decision-making with your primary care provider and the patient to make sure that they qualify and they would like the vaccine. Peter, yeah, and I, I, I'm hearing the most conversation about this, actually. Should people get it? You know, I have, you know, some friends in this age group and, you know, do I really need to get it? I'm kind of healthy. What, what, how do you approach this, Peter? So I was first in line to get the RSV vaccine uh, or close <laughs> to it. And one, one because I, I love vaccines and I'm fascinated by them. And but second, you know, I've, you know, seen the toll that RSV takes. And as as was pointed out um, by Renuga that, you know, we're looking at uh, you know, six to 7,000 deaths every year from RSV and, and pretty significant morbidity, mostly with underlying illness. But, you know, those comorbidities can creep up on you. So 
One of the things to keep in mind about RSV, it's it's made by the RSV vaccine for adults over the age of 60. It's made by GSK. And the reason you need to know that is it's uh, so is Shingrix. And so mm-hmm. if uh, it has the same adjuvant system that Shingrix had, and many people, you know, often will get some arm pain or low grade fever in response to Shingrix, like I did. And lo and behold, I got a similar side effect with RSV vaccine. So I, I think it has uh, monophospholipid A, which is a TLR4 agonist, as well as QS21. And that's what you need to really induce a good immune response to a recombinant mm. protein vaccine like RSV, like Shingrix. So keep that in mind. Um, maybe not not have big plans for scheduling things the day after um, you get that evening or that when you get your RSV vaccine the next day, but it's really important to get, and it's not all that bad. And it's a heck of a lot better than getting uh, RSV. So, you know, I think again, it sounds like, yes, there's going to be just like Shringrix, you know, you're going to have some side effects planned for it. Uh, but don't, don't not get that. I That's think right. but I, I'm hearing right. a lot of, you know, store, Oh, you know, so-and-so got it and hey, we're miserable for 24 hours. But I think, you know, we need to be cognizant of the benefits of that. That's much better than sitting in a hospital with RSV. So particularly if you have comorbidities. Yeah. And, and now of course there's the vaccine for pregnant women, which is. So let's talk uh, about that. Let's pivot to that. So I, I, by the way, I love this study that they did. I think it's amazing, you know, and the benefits seem so dramatic that new England journal article. um, And, um, and that would be the most recent approved if I'm correct. Is that right, Renuga? Is that one just? Yeah, they just recently CDC approved that. Initially the FDA did, but it's approved for when you're pregnant, 32 to 36 weeks of pregnancy. And if the mom is able to receive the vaccine, it actually protects the baby when they're born and decreases the baby's um, develop, preventing them from developing severe lung disease from RSV. Especially great, great study. 90 days. Yep. It was a randomized trial, right? I think it was, you know, yeah. So Peter, what are your thoughts on this vaccine? Yeah, I totally agree with Dr. Vivekanandan. And um, this is, um, again, uh, we talked about the adult vaccine ecosystem. There's also a pregnant women vaccine ecosystem. It started with influenza. And the idea is you get, because influenza in pregnancy is a bad actor, same with COVID. Uh, that's a bad actor in pregnancy. So that's important to vaccinate pregnant women for COVID. And by the way, there are indirect effects because those antibodies made by mom could be passed on to to the baby and protect the baby from COVID-19. And that's how the RSV vaccine works. Um, it, it's given usually to uh, late in pregnancy, 32 to 36 mm-hmm. weeks. Um, you want to get it right before the RSV uh, vaccine season. Um, but RSV is, you know, as someone myself who's trained in pediatrics and seen firsthand the devastation of RSV in neonatal ICUs and pediatric ICUs. Um, it's a bad actor. And so that's, you know, if you want to take every step possible to protect yourself and your baby. That's a great vaccine to take. Great. Excellent. So last but not least would be the infant. Uh, it's really a, mo- and Renu, help me, it's a monoclonal antibody. It's actually not a true vaccine in the truest sense of that word, or, you know, maybe we could debate what a vaccine means, but I'll let Peter comment on that. But uh, Renuga, tell us what that is, and, and how, and, and and you know, when are when are people recommended to take that? 
Yeah, it's a monoclonal antibodies for infants um, up zero to eight months of age. And especially, you know, as Dr. Hotez was saying, fall and winter can be really brutal for little ones. So mm -hmm. being able to get this now can prevent them from developing severe lung disease from RSV. Um, so it's approved for zero to eight. However, if you're a child with um, chronic lung disease, premature, you could actually get it up to 18 months of age. So it's exciting uh, news. And Dr. Hotez, right. what do you think about that? <laughs> yeah, I think, well, first of all, I. You know, you might say, well, why don't we just have an RSV vaccine for infants? Why not just have uh, a monoclonal antibody? And it has to do with the early history of RSV vaccines. There was some untoward reaction in the first generation of uh, back in the 1960s. It was an inactivated virus vaccine. Eventually, I, I think you, we will see a, a vaccine approved for pediatrics, but this is a, a good stopgap measure, this monoclonal antibody. And it's impressive because I think it's probably going to be the, one of the most widely used monoclonal antibodies um, in, in pediatrics. If you think about it, if it's going to be recommended for all infants younger than eight months, that's a pretty big uh, cohort. Yeah. Um, so um, it, it is uh, very promising. Um, I, I'm, I'm very enthusiastic about it. And, and absolutely, it's a single dose for all infants younger than eight months or are born during or entering their lives during RSV season. And right now, and is there a storage problem? I mean, monoclonal antibodies seems like a very different delivery system. Is it more difficult or is it to store or give, or is there nothing really different? Is it, does it feel like a vaccine in the office? In other words, <laughs> does that make sense? Yeah. I mean, in a sense, it's an immunization and I, and I, and, and the, but you know when you want to call ahead to your pediatrician, make sure your pediatrician has it. Mm -hmm. um, when I, you know, early on when it was just approved, um, there was some catch up, and and not a lot of pediatricians' offices had it. So you, you want to call ahead of time. Right. One of the other thing I want to add is a lot of people were concerned about the cost, but it's also very reasonably priced as well. Right. Okay. Any thoughts? A lot of conversation with these all these options, as you were saying, in adults now, and and you know. Peter, maybe start with you, like co co administration of these, like get two at a time, get one at a time. I've heard, you know, a lot of discussions, you know, don't do it all at once or don't do, you know, do two at once. Do you have any strong feelings about this, Peter? Yeah, the, the, this go. my understanding is the CDC has Center for Disease Control has green lighted giving RSV together with influenza vaccine. The only asterisk I'd put on that is if when you look at the um, some of the articles putting out by the CDC, the MMWR, there may be some degree of what's called immunological interference and in that the the um, uh, amplitude of the antibody response might not be as high as if you're giving them separately. So here, here's what I did um, this year. Uh, I, I got my RSV vaccine in August. I waited a couple of weeks, got my flu vaccine early September, and then waited a couple of more weeks and got my uh, COVID vaccine. So uh, the reason I like to separate them um, is because of um, each can produce side effects and you always worry that there's some ad additive side effects. So, but it has been shown to be safe to do it. Um, so it's a matter of lifestyle choice. I'd rather not get all those vaccines to, at once. And there may be some data to suggest it might be good to separate flu and RSV with a big caveat. And the caveat is, let's say you're traveling, you're doing international travel and you don't know if you're going to have access to vaccines and, or you're in some gauge in some activity, you don't know when you're going to be near a pharmacy next. It's better to get 
them together that rather than not getting them at all. And so, you know, depending yeah. on yeah. you know what you've got coming up this fall, um, the priority is getting them. If you can, I think if you can keep them separate better, but if it's too inconvenient and travel or other restrictions prevent you from doing that, that's perfectly fine to start combining them. Perfect. Renuga, any thoughts on that before we close? Yeah, out? I agree with Dr. Hotas. Some of my patients, they kind of want to reduce the visit. So what I have kind of done too is give them the influenza and COVID together and then ask them to take the RSV a couple of weeks later. So, um, you know, it, up to the patient, but I think we have some data on the influenza and COVID together. So they feel comfortable and they're doing the RSV a couple of weeks later. So that's another approach as well. Great. Well, thank you both very much uh, for joining me today and clarifying a lot of activity around uh, around the RSV vaccine. But Peter, as you, as you opened up with, you know, the, the purview of vaccination is no longer uh, the pediatric purview. It's, it's for all of us now in the adult medicine space it's getting more complicated. So appreciate clarification and updates. So thanks for joining me and I'll see you in two weeks at the next five minute check in.